Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week's episode is about a war that's going on in our head and for our attention every single day and how it affects how we create, specifically for us here as photographers, and the way in which I believe night photography can be the antithesis to it. The way that our slow contemplative creation at night can help rewire our brains and change the way that we actually act in our everyday life. So not lofty goals or anything, hey, for today's podcast. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Christine Riche, an artist and mentor to photographers around the world. Consider me your interstellar guide on the path to being a better nightscape photographer. In this podcast, we will bring together our artistic right brain and technical left brain by exploring creativity, art, and inspiration in photography, as well as diving into technique, gear, and strategy necessary to elevate your craft and photographic practice. I am so happy to be a part of your Milky Way journey. This is the After Dark Photography Podcast. Well, hello. Thank you for welcoming me back here into your earbuds. I appreciate having you on the podcast. And it's been a while since I've recorded And I'm going to give you just a quick little update on that, and then we're going to dive in to today's episode. But really, I haven't been here with you for a twofold reason. The first is that I have been exceptionally sick for a long period of time, not like anything bad or terrible, just a cold after a cold after the flu after a cold. And I just didn't think that you wanted to listen to my really nasally voice. And for a period of time, I also couldn't talk very much at all. And the other is that our family has gone through a lot of medical issues lately. And yeah, some pretty scary things happening in in our world. Um, Both of the grandfathers had some pretty harrowing episodes that uh, had a lot of hospital trips and things that uh, came up. If you're in any of my classes, you uh, you might know a little bit more about that. But yeah, so we had over a time period of almost two months, um, some pretty intense things going on. So at this point, we're hopeful that now we can just have a nice holiday season and things are being managed as as best they can. So that's where I've actually been, literally been, um, over the past couple months. So I'm happy to be back here and to be in a space where I can start creating again. And this, I think, actually ties in quite well to what we're going to talk about today. But one of the things is really when I sit down to create a podcast episode like this, it is an act of creation and it takes being in a certain specific mindset and that is not one of uh, fight or flight or survival. It is one of putting together pieces and thoughts and ideas in a way that is enjoyable for you to listen to. You don't want to come here and just have me go on random tangents the, the whole time. It's nice to have a bit of a through line for the episode. 
So I'm happy to be back in a place where I can start to use my brain power in that way again. That's really quite lovely. So today, what do we have today? Well, my working title for today's episode, I'll probably change it when I write up the blurb, but my working title is In Defense of Slow. And this comes from, I will tell you, I am a recovering busyaholic. I for many, many years, identified as being busy. If you asked me how I was, I would say busy. If you said, how have things been, Christy? I said, ah, busy. I'd say it in that tone of voice too, until I realized I was saying it all the time. I was using it like a shield almost. And I want to take this a little bit of a level deeper And I would like to ask you first, just to think, is there something that you say? So do you have a default? When people ask you, how are you doing? How are you today? Is there a default that you have? Is there something that you're always saying that you identify with? Maybe it's busy. Maybe it's tired. Maybe it's overwhelmed. Maybe it's unmotivated. What is it? And it, you know, there's so many. I'm coming up with ones here that are maybe a little bit negative because we tend to default to that. Um, We, our, our state of mind, the way that we're wired, we tend to default to the negative over the positive as an answer. Um, maybe not you, but a lot of people tend to do that. And I want us to take a moment to actually identify this because this becomes the the things that we say, the words that we use, they become our reality. And from that, I want us to think about why are we saying this? For me specifically, what was I getting out of saying that I was busy? This is the question that I want you to have as we go through today's episode, because we're going to circle back to it at the end and think about, okay, what did I get from using this particular label that I've given myself? And after we go through today's episode, how can I see the ways in which that has driven some of the decisions that you make and the things that you do. And this, I think this is a very timely episode. If you're uh, listening to this around when it's been put out, we are coming into the holiday season. I don't know about you, but the holiday season can get to be pretty chaotic around here. Now, of course, I have two young kids, so it's just like Santa Christmas. We had, tiny little aside here, uh, we had snow for the first time like a week ago and her daughter comes into the room and she says, mommy, it's Christmas because she thought, that's what she said it too. It's Christmas. Uh, She thought because it was snowing out that it was immediately Christmas. And so we had to dash all of her hopes and we have to be, no, 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 it's not Christmas. It is snowing. And that means it's getting closer to Christmas. Um, but yeah, so our house, obviously, you know, it's, things get pretty exciting. We do lots of fun stuff. We have a lot of fun rituals in our house. But 
we can get easily into a mode of doing so much and getting overwhelmed and being busy and all of the things. And so this episode is not about Christmas. It is not about um, being busy over the holiday season. It's actually about a defense of doing things slowly versus the world of instant gratification. And we're going to take that one level deeper into why it's so prevalent and how this personally manifests for us and how it applies to our photography. And I am going to give you my my kind of working hypothesis as to why night photography can be a little bit of a balm to this. When I was really putting together the outline for this episode, I was thinking about the ways in which night photography and the actual mechanics of it lend itself to being this opposite, this yin to the yang of of our everyday world that is so, so busy. Because I think we can all agree, our culture that we live in, at least here in a Western North American culture, it's obsessed with productivity and creation. We have to be making things. We have to be productive. Who are we? Who are you if you are not producing something? Who are you if you're not doing something, if you're not producing something, if you don't have an output from yourself in some manner? Who are you? Well, you're still a lovely, wonderful person worthy of anything and everything you desire because you exist. But guess what? That's probably not what we think. And we don't think of it because of consumerism and capitalism. I'm not going to go crazy down a rabbit hole on, on that, but I do do that in my brain very often. But just think about it for a moment. The culture that we live in, we are brought into a school. Okay, in school, we have to learn information. Yeah, that's important. But we also have to produce. We have to get grades. We have to pass these tests. We have to make these things. We have to hit these milestones, all of these standardized milestones. Yes, standardization is good because without it, we would have no benchmark. We would have um, just absolute chaos. But on the other hand, going too far with this standardization, well, it's not going to be applicable to everyone. That's why you see so many more people homeschooling, because you're able to take the system that's been created to work for the masses and instead mold it and manipulate it to work for the individual. But it's just one example. You know, school is the thing that sets us up for then being a good employee later for going to work, for producing at work. If you went to work and you were there all day and all you did is sat and thought, and at the end of the day, you didn't have anything, what is the likelihood that your boss would be happy with you? What is the likelihood that they would be like, oh, good job today? Probably pretty slim, unless you're in a uh, position where you have to come up with ideas and you have a progressive management is probably not going to be it. We all have KPIs that we have to hit. Um, We have targets, things that have to be done. 
And yeah, well, it needs to be done. If these things aren't done, then the business doesn't move on. Then we don't get paid. Then this product doesn't get produced. All of these things, it's all completely valid. But I want you to stop and take a look at it. Even though it's valid, it is still perpetuating the fact that we need to produce, that we need to continuously produce. And if we are not producing, are we still worthy? Well, spoiler alert, yes. (laughs) Yes, we are. But if we actually look at consumerism, if we look at capitalism and we look at our culture, well, no, really. We have a deep knowing that, yeah, absolutely we are, but that's not what's perpetuated. And so this is where I circle back around to night photography because I heard some interesting things on on the internet and on, you know, Facebook groups and forums and stuff like that. And I remember one that really stuck out to me when I was first starting to do night photography. And it was this post where it was like, okay, set your camera up for a time lapse. You're going to set your camera up to take a time lapse. You're going to take however many photos, 150, 200, 300 photos. You'll be able to process the time lapse and have a time lapse from it. Then you can do star trails from it. Then you can take the individual files out of that and process that as individual files. So you're going out and shooting one thing, but you get three different outputs from it. And I remember reading that and being like, no, I didn't necessarily go any farther into that. But my brain was just like, "Mm -mm, nope, that's not what I'm going to do. And when I was going through this episode and the outline and how I wanted to present all this to you, that immediately popped up into my head. And the reason now why I know I was like, "Mm -mm, nope, not for me, is because what is that doing? That's just this continuation of the cycle of we need to produce, we need to be productive in our time. And of course, it can feel like that. If you only ever get to get out and shoot at night in a place that's truly dark once a month, once every two months, once every three months, it feels like we have this pressure to make the most out of it, doesn't it? Like, if I don't, will I have wasted that time? And of course, that comes back to we need to produce something for our time to be worthy, which is not the case. It makes us feel good. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about today, this defensive slow versus instant gratification. But just before we get there, think about it with me here. If we go out at night instead and we allow ourselves to take a longer time with something. So we create one image. And let's say to create that one image, it might take almost an hour for it. Maybe we are taking an image where I'm tracking the sky. So I'm using my star tracker. By using a star tracker, I'm taking between two to four minute exposures. Then let's say I'm going to stack my tracked sky because I really want 
to have a depth of color. That's why I'm tracking to get more signal. And I want to reduce the noise. That's why I'm stacking to reduce the inconsistencies between my images, which are noise. So I am going to take at least 10 images. And let's say I am doing four minute exposures. So I take 10 four minute exposures for my sky. That's 40 minutes to expose just for my sky frame. Then I'm going to take my foreground exposure. My foreground exposure, if I'm doing the starlit exposure at night, at least 15 minutes. So now all of a sudden, it's almost an hour that I'm shooting and probably would end up being at least an hour when we take into consideration taking test shots, doing setups, switching between them. That's an hour for one image for one single image. This is why I feel like night photography can be an antithesis to the go, 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 to the instant gratification, to the do everything and be busy and do it all and produce and do it, do it, do it right now. That world that we live in. Because we do live in a culture where images are consumed quickly. And I find that they're created like they're almost currency, you know? It's like each image that I create is this currency. Um, but instead, what if we flip that and we say, okay, no, I am now going to take my time with this. And if I have just one photo in the entirety of this night, I'll be happy. How does the experience then change? How does it shift when we spend more time with something? And when we allow ourselves to spend more time with it, and frankly, not beat ourselves up about it. Because I don't know about you, but I kind of do know, because I talk to a lot of my students. But I'll say, for me, when I set out to do something and I don't do it, I'm pretty darn hard on myself. I'm a recovering busyaholic. I'm also a recovering perfectionist. When I say, okay, I'm going to do X thing, and then it doesn't work the first time, and I have to do it again, how often do I give myself grace for that? How often do I show myself the grace and compassion that I give to my students when I'm teaching? Well, not as often as I may like to. And I invite you to ask yourself that question as well. When we allow ourselves to take time to do things, and what if you allowed yourself that and you allowed yourself to say uh, a whole night to just get this one image, what happens if you don't get it? What do you say to yourself? What's your self-talk? What are the things that you say in your head? What's that negative Nancy coming back out? Anyone who's listened um, to uh, episode 16 that I've done here on the podcast. What do you say to yourself? And is it what you would say to someone else? If it's not, let's say a ding, 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 little red flag in our head. So I want us to start to think about night photography, the way that we shoot out at night, and is it in a manner with which we are allowing ourselves to be slower? 
Or are we still living in this idea that we need to keep producing? And do we feel like we need to? I'm not saying here that you are going to immediately be like, oh, I don't feel the need anymore. But with everything, and I'll probably say this a few times in this episode, awareness is the first step. So for me, night photography, one of the reasons I believe that it's so powerful for for my own mental health and well-being is that it does allow me to come back to this idea of slow. And a return to slow is the opposite of instant gratification. And that's where I want to take us through here. And this this middle, this body of our, our podcast episode, it's talking about instant gratification because this is something that has really taken over everyday life. Especially, here's now I'm going to get up on my soapbox or I'm going to be the, the old grandma millennial talking about this, but yeah, um, especially with the advent of social media, right? You know, I'm of the generation that I grew up without it and listening, you probably are as well. And it is, I believe, the thing of our time that you know, my children growing up with, they are the ones who they will not know a world without it. And they will be the ones who figure out the way in which to move forward with it. And of course, then they'll have all of these crazy other things that they'll be like, well, I didn't have that when we were kids. We only had social media. You couldn't blink your eyes and see um, see everything or search inside your brain or I don't know, whatever, wherever it's going to be. I literally can't <laughs> come up with with anything that, that will happen because it will be so far out of my frame of reference. But with this advent of social media, we don't have to go far to get a hit, hit of dopamine, do we? Like literally, I just have to pick up my phone. I actually left my phone upstairs. It is not here with me while I'm doing this episode because is recording an hour-long podcast episode instant gratification? No, it's not. There is no shortcut for getting this done with you more quickly. There is for you if you want to get through the podcast more quickly. You could have me on 1.5 times. I will probably sound like a chipmunk though if you do that. I have a tendency to speak quickly, which I try and slow down, but it is, uh, it's in my bones. If you were to listen to the way that uh, my Swiss family talks, it is fast and lyrical and it almost, to me, it sounds like music, but it's very fast. So I talk very fast, but you could theoretically speed me up and get through this even more quickly. But for me coming down here, setting up my computer, turning on the recording, bringing over the microphone. It's just me and you, and there is no instant gratification here. But if my phone was sitting beside me, maybe I should pause quick and check that. What's that notification that just came up? Should I look at that? Maybe I should look at this. Maybe that's, oh, maybe a sale came in. I'm running my uh, poster print sale right now. Oh, maybe a sale came in, I should check. You know, the pop, they come up, it pops up. It's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, someone wants my print. Oh, that feels really nice. And it does. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's an amazing feeling that someone values my work enough that they're actually going to give me money for it because they want to see my stuff up on their wall. Like, that's still absolutely amazing to me. But do I need that notification to pull me out of what I'm doing? No. 
Does my brain think it? I do. Yes. Yes, it does. Because we have been trained to want that instant gratification. We want that dopamine and we want it now. So we can start to put off everything else, especially things that might be a little bit more difficult, things that might take time, things that maybe we haven't quite figured out yet. And we can get gratification right now, right this moment. You can pause me and you can start scrolling some reels and see a funny dog dance and you can just be like, oh, this is awesome. And I will talk about the end of this episode. That's not always a bad thing. But I do want us to dig into this because awareness is the first step. And if we aren't aware of this and if we are not bringing our attention back to it, then it can get a little bit out of hand. Now, it's interesting. So I read an article. I tend to do a lot of research and things before I I do my episodes. And in this article I read, it said, and I quote, Indulging in instant gratification is a clear-cut sign that you lack self-discipline. Moreover, it highlights that you are unable to control your emotional urges. This subsequently has significant consequences on your life, resulting in narrow-minded thinking, poor decision-making, and planning habits. Okay, sorry, I had to, I just had to read it in that voice because that's how I read it in my head. I'm like, oh man pretty aggressive, aren't they? And I have to say, I think that's just a little bit harsh, given that pretty much everyone grapples with this issue of instant gratification on some scale every single day. Like, why are people saying, I'm going off social media? When How long has it been since you've heard someone say that somewhere, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook? I'm going to guess it's happened at least once this month, depending on how many people that you are around, or if you're the one who's caught off social media. Pretty much all of us are grappling with the, I want instant gratification. My brain just wants it. It's just trained to want it versus doing things in a more considered or slow manner. I mean, it's media is literally designed to make us want things instantly, right? It literally is. We're going to talk more about that later. So this conversation and this bid for finding slow in our life and the way in which night photography fits into that, it can't be considered without looking at the consequences of living in a world where instant gratification is so prevalent. With that, here are three ways that instant gratification can impact our daily lives. The first, and what I call problem number one, is a decreased attention span. We're taught this, and even like as a business owner, I am taught this, this is one of the key tenets. Grab their attention, stop the scroll. You need to be an interrupter. How can you create interrupter content? The the way I'm saying it too, like that's how I envision. It's like, oh, I have to like, it's almost like I'm coming out through my phone screen and I'm grabbing you, actually physically taking you and grabbing you because I need to stop what you're doing. You need to stop and pay attention to me. I get that, right? Like as a creator, as a business, I have to understand this because if I don't say something interesting enough 
in the first line of my caption of my image or my post, you are going to scroll past and you are not going to pay attention to what I am talking about. If I don't have an interesting enough title to this podcast episode, you're not going to listen to it. So the fact that you're here means I did something right, or you're just someone who supports me um, no matter what I do, and I appreciate you if that's you. So we are just taught this. We have to grab people's attention, and that's what every single thing we see on the internet is doing on everywhere. I mean, why are there billboards? There's this one, I'm driving down towards Lunenburg, so I'm taking Highway 103. Um, the We call it 103. It's 103, but no one says that. If you if you say, I'm taking Highway 103, it'll be like, who are you? It's the 103. So I'm taking the 103 down to Lunenburg, and there's this one spot. It's just, so the area, there's a lot of Christmas tree farms. So you'll see a lot of fir trees in some specific areas as you drive. And mostly Nova Scotia, like as you drive in Nova Scotia, when you're not coastal, it's just all trees. <laughs> Remember that's when my when my cousins, my cousin Pascal came from Switzerland. She's like, there's just so many trees everywhere. It's just trees as far as you can see. And it's like, well, actually it's trees um, for however many meters. And then they clear cut in behind that. Um, but that's this conversation for another day. But as you're driving down, there's this one area and it's just these rolling hills and, and nice dotted evergreens and then a Wendy's billboard right in the middle of it. And it's like, really? Really? You thought that was necessary? But yeah, it is because you're driving along and you're hungry. Oh, there's a Wendy's over there. Maybe we should go and get Wendy's. You know, my kids, their favorite chicken strips are from Wendy's. I don't, I don't know why. They're not my favorite, but they're their favorites. What is that? Stopping, grabbing attention, taking it away from what we're doing. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And because of that, we are trained. We are trained to be interrupted. We are trained to have these little moments of these instant gratification. Like, oh, here's this, or here's this, here's this. So me, as a business owner, I contribute to this. I have a hook. So this is, it's uh, called, well, I don't know who, if everyone calls this, but in Social Curator, um, Jasmine Starr has her, it's a social media membership. And so I've been part of that for a very long time now, a few years now. Um, and so it's her HIC formula. So hook, interest, um, and then um, call to action. And so the first bit is your hook. So you got to grab someone, get them in, like literally you've got a cane and a hook and you're pulling them into you. So you have to say something to get people interested. And when that happens, we get that instant gratification moment. We're like, oh, okay, here's this thing. Now, for me, yeah, I use that. I do my best to say something, to ask a question, to bring you in to my thing. But then I proceed to max out the caption space on Instagram. In case you're wondering, 2,200 characters is the maximum that you can post. And sometimes I'll see, you know, funny memes where it's like, you know, um, people who max out their Instagram, like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, because people are saying things and it's, it's like a sob story or something. Like, why would someone ever have that much to post? And I've even had photographers say like, you know what? I don't post 
long things on Instagram. I only do it on Facebook. People don't read it on Instagram. People don't pay attention. And it's like, well, that's because (laughs) these particular forms of communication are designed to be quick. They're designed to give us this instant gratification. I actually subvert it. So I, what I am consciously doing is trying to grab your attention and bring you in. But then if you've read any of my captions, any of the things that I post with my images, they're long. They're really long. I tend to get like the, oh, like you've run out of space thing. I forget. I don't know what it is, but it it blinks red and it's like, you, you need to stop, like <laughs> be more concise. But what I'm actually trying to do is break that cycle. I'm trying to give people a moment to actually sit with an idea, to get a little bit deeper into something, to not just have the, oh, pretty picture, next, pretty picture, next, 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 dogs jumping on things, goats on people's backs, like, you know, just the random, is that just me? Is that just me? Is that my feed only? Anyways, <clears throat> so, um, but what I am actually trying to do is take it from the instant moment and then let us slow down and lots of people read and engage with my very very long long captions and I believe that's because yes we are trained for this instant gratification but we don't necessarily want it we want to slow down we want to sit with ideas we want to get deeper on things, but it's a constant battle, it's a constant war. So this is our first, is that we have this decreased attention span. And this is directly in correlation to instant gratification. So if we are to think about this and our decreased attention span, and this is going to to go with our next two, um, our next two ways that instant gratification really impacts our lives, um, decreased attention span that goes hand in hand with them. But if we know that this is now a thing, and I don't think this is brand new news to anyone, can you start to think about ways in which we can flip it? Ways that we can take that and flip it on its head. And this can be in multiple different ways. Um, you know, there are ways to train ourselves to have a longer attention span, to spend more time with areas. I personally feel like, yeah, it might be a broken record today, but with night photography, I am taking a much longer time doing just this one thing that in all other genres generally don't take nearly as long. So we are taking it and spending more time with something. You could even take this to the point of when you are scrolling, let's say Instagram, we're all photographers here. Most of us are spending some time on there looking at images. Can you be more intentional? Maybe the creator doesn't put anything. Maybe their caption is just, you know, here, I had a great time at Moraine Lake last night. Um, or here I am at Yosemite, you know, like maybe that's just a short one. But can you take more time? We don't have to be defined by what other people are putting out there for us. We are, we're the masters of our own universe, right? Right? We are. 
right? <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, when you don't have two small children <laughs> running around like little dictators. I had to have a conversation with Tessa where I was just like, look, I know that you need that right now, but I literally have to go pee. So you are going to have to wait for me to open up that thing that's way up at the top. Anyways, <clears throat> she sometimes forgets that uh, I'm also a human being. So we are the masters of our universe. And that means that we get to decide the way that we interact with things. And if you can start to be a little bit more intentional. So let's say you see a photo pop up and you're like, oh, I really like that. Take a moment, like actually just take a moment and sit with it. Maybe the photographer isn't giving you anything to think about in their particular caption to the image they're presenting, but maybe you have a couple thoughts or ideas come up. Take a moment, let those ideas roll around in your head, bring up the notes app on your phone and type out a couple ideas. Be intentional. Okay, problem number two, lack of focus. Let's be really real here, it's just you and me. Our brain does not like to be a beginner at something. When was the last time you started something brand new you never done before? Was it fun? learning how to do it. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not fun. It's hard. Starting from square one, not a good time. Remember what it's like to be a complete beginner at something? Not fun. I have to remind my kids of this all the time because like my son will get super frustrated and I'll be like, ah, and I'm like, I get it. Everything is new for you. Like all of these things you're doing, it's all new. But I'll remind him of things like, well, do you remember when you were first trying to do a somersault on the trampoline? You couldn't do one. Now you can jump and do full somersaults in the air. And he's like, oh yeah, that's right. Here's the thing. We all have to start somewhere, but it's not a super fun thing to do. And if we take this back to photography, learning something new, it can be really frustrating. It can be really hard, especially when that something new happens outside at night in the middle of nowhere <laughs> while you're alone. That can get to be pretty frustrating. And when we are starting to try and focus on, let's say, a hobby or a skill, and we don't get anything in return immediately, guess what? Your brain is going to tell you to do something else. Do something else that gets you yeah, you guessed it, instant gratification. That gets you those dopamine hits quicker because it is not hard. Why would we focus on something that is hard when you can go and do something easy that makes you happy? Like sleeping. Just me? Just me? Sorry. And the other moms or dads of young children are probably with me, everyone else. Um, might not be, or you might remember. Um, or like binging a show on the couch with chips instead of driving for hours and freezing your butt off. So my trick here for this, for when it's like, you know, why would I why would I focus on this thing? Why would I give this thing my attention? It's knowing why I'm doing it. And this is like a really kind of like fleshed out deep knowing of this why and reminding my brain of it. And if you need a little more of a deep dive into why and you're new to the podcast, um, I'm going to recommend you go to episode 10 after this one. I go crazy, crazy in depth into all of this. It also helps along the way to do like little check-ins as you're doing something. And if you find that your focus is going to like, oh, maybe I'll check my phone. I wonder, did, did that person write me back yet? Was that a ding? 
what's that? Do I have any more emails? Maybe I should check and see how many more likes that post got. When you have those thoughts come up, bring yourself back to what you're doing and check in on your progress. So actually look, like how far have I come? How much closer am I to that goal? That can be like a very nitty gritty, like literally, okay, I've spent 20 minutes on this and I've got X amount done. And now I think probably I only need another 20 minutes. Oh, that's great. Or it can be bigger. Like, you know what? I couldn't even think about doing this five months ago, six months ago, whatever. Um, And now I'm doing this in much more, um, a much more quick, efficient effective, whatever way. Um, even I'm, <laughs> so I hesitated there because I'm, I'm checking my language on this. Efficient, um, effective. What's all of that? Production. What's, why do we want to produce? Because we live in a consumeristic, capitalistic world. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But do these check-ins. How much closer are we to that goal? Why are we going to that goal? This lets us bring our focus back to what we're doing and not look for those other ways to get those hits of dopamine that your brain knows are so close at hand elsewhere. And this is with photography, yes. Like we can think about this, you know, as we're out there and we're shooting and if we're kind of being like, oh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this. We can just take our focus back right? Or even with editing our images, if we're, we're getting off track and like, ah, I don't want to keep doing this. Um, you know, you're having trouble focusing in. Look at where you were, like on a larger scale, however long ago versus now. We can start to train our brain to be grateful, to get the dopamine from the action of being in the work. And yeah, night photography, but it, I mean, this is anything in life. Like, you know, Maybe when uh, you've been cutting boughs of evergreen for wreaths that you're making for hours and your hands hurt, or when your eyes have started to glaze over from inputting data into a spreadsheet and you're like, you start to want to look at other things and do other things, your focus is going other places, or where you're at the third basket of laundry and there are another three baskets of laundry to come. Is that just me on a Sunday? Is that anyone else? So all of those times, we're going to start to find our focus is drifting other places. It wants to go somewhere else. It wants to get more. So what can we do? We can bring back to how far have I come? What am I going to get at the end? So yeah, I made uh, homemade wreaths for the first time. And I love them, by the way. If you didn't see them on my stories, I they're just it's a really, really lovely. It's super fun. And in it not the funnest part when you've been literally like chopping pieces after pieces after pieces the work is is very kind monotonous and it's easy to get yourself elsewhere but i kept bringing myself back to that end goal and thinking to this the start and how did i get here and where am i going to and then when i did finish it that feeling of completion was so much the better for going through it and keeping on with it. And I didn't do just one wreath. I actually did three. Um, I did two because I have double doors at the front. So I had to do one first and then be like, okay, I think that looked good. Now I'll make a second one of that. But I actually had a bunch of um, hydrangeas that were really lovely from my friend's garden. 
and they just didn't fit with the wreaths I was making for my front door. So I had to make a third wreath anyways. Um, and actually, I was making that when my daughter <laughs> was up. She was up crying because she ate a holly berry when we went to the garden store to get boughs of eucalyptus to put into them anyways. I thought she was above eating random stuff that she finds, but she wasn't. And it was a good reminder for us. So she was up with a hurting stomach that night. So she was sitting on the window seat while I was cutting and putting together wreaths um, at like 1030 at night. Anyways, so this is a way that we can bring ourselves back. This is one of the ways we can get around this idea, this lack of focus, because we are drifting out to the instant gratification. So then the last one, problem number three with instant gratification is that we can lose interest in our passions. A lot of times, something that we're passionate about, and if you're here listening, photography is probably one of those things. It's not something that we're amazing at right away. It takes work. It takes time. Yeah, that's the opposite of instant gratification, isn't it? So when we pursue a hobby and something that we really, really love, it can be easy to let that fall to the wayside. I'm going to hazard a guess that you love photography. Has there ever been a time where you didn't pick up your camera for an extended period of time? The answer is probably yes. For many of us, that answer is probably yes. Life happened, times were tough, things were busy. For most of us, there's been a time where we didn't do the thing that we were passionate about. But we still had leftover time. It's not like we didn't have any time. But instead, with that leftover time, we scrolled social media, or we watched movies, or we did something that required, here's the crux, less motivation and more instant dopamine, more instant gratification with less necessary output, motivation, focus, all of that. And we still got those hits of dopamine because it's easier and because that's how our brain is wired. It's not this, you know, this whole podcast, it's not a hate letter to like all things that are instant, but it is a reminder that media, social media, all media, it's created within a system and that system knows how our brains works and it exploits that at every single turn every single turn. Why else can we, what reasons can we come up with that there's something that we love to do, that there's something that brings us joy and happiness. And when we are in it and we are doing it, we love it. You know that. This might not be just photography. You know, you can all of a sudden, well, I can't do it because I can't go here and I can't do this and I can't do that. Like our brain will come up with all of these reasons, which reasons are generally just excuses. And that we're like, well, yeah, no, then we can't. But maybe go outside photography, go to anything, anything that you're super, really passionate about. And when you do it, it's just great. You love it. But there's all these times when we don't do it. We just don't. We know that if we did, we'd be happy. But we still don't do it. We do these other things. What is the other thing that we're doing? Well, a lot of times, it's something that is going to get us instant gratification. It's going to get that dopamine hit in our brain. And it's because we live in a world that systemizes 
that, that trains our brain to want that. So we need to have a conscious reminder to step back and think about what we're doing. Awareness. Awareness is the first step in pretty much everything. I was reading through um, a thing about anxiety and a way to get people out of anxiety attacks. And uh, what do they do? I forget now, but it's like the 543 rule or something like five things that you can see. I'm going to butcher this and (laughs) someone here listening will know, but like five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can touch. So when you're in an attack, you do that. And it's like, okay, what's five things? Start naming them. You know, it's even the thing you can do with your kids. Maybe not five, you know, maybe do three, two, one or something. Um, But it's why? It's awareness. We're stepping outside. We're becoming aware of everything that's around us. And it's taking us out of what we're at. Awareness is, is the first step in everything. And becoming aware of the ways that we are utilizing instant gratification in our life versus the things that we want to be doing, but maybe we're not doing it. So with that, I want you to think about this. How does slowing down impact the way that you are creating your work? And for us here on the podcast, I'm specifically talking about photography, but this could be anything, any type of creative work that you're doing. Because I do see slowing down to be the antithesis to instant gratification. It's the, it's the other side. So how does that slowing down impact the way that you're creating your work? How also is doing that different than what we're told to do in life. Think about your specific circumstances. What are the ways in which we are being trained to act, to produce, to create? What does your job require of you? What does the thing that lets you make money and continue to survive and thrive in the world, what does it require of you? You know, do you have, do you have KPIs? Do you have things that you have to have done? How does that impact the way that you work in your everyday life outside of work? How do you, we don't leave work at work. We bring it home always in a certain manner. How, how do we? And then I want you to think about how do you feel when you take time, when you do slow down, can you stop and relive that feeling? You know, you could even pause me right now and just like take a little bit of time you can do this after, go back to those moments when we have slowed down, when we have immersed ourselves in something. We've gotten out of this instant gratification hamster wheel and we've gotten maybe into the flow of doing something. Can you bring up that feeling and remember it? I want you to have that, to relive it, to be in it. Because guess what? The more that we go into that, we are training our brain to say, hey, remember this thing exists? Let's get back to that again. Let's forget this other stuff. And I think really all of this, it comes back to a bigger question and inspection into art, photography, creation, art therapy, the ways in which they can teach us to exist in a different manner. I know I have lofty goals here, right? But really art is not what people would put in the list of necessities. If we are going into like, what do I actually need to survive? Art doesn't fit into that. But I think that we 
as artists, as creatives, need to take the time to think about how art can actually impact our life and teach us to exist and live in this different manner. Because whether we think about it or not, it's happening. You know, art and consumerism, they're linked. This idea, always create more, do something new, do it differently, do it better, do it again, do more, make sure you're doing it efficiently, make sure you're doing it now. But then even, let's say with the pandemic, this is something we saw a lot. There was this return to doing things in, I'm going to say, you can't see me, but quote, an older way, like hearkening back to handmade, original ways of living. There was a crazy influx in pioneering, in homesteading. There was one point where it was really hard to get gardening stuff. And I'm like, you know, I do a garden every year. And there's some gardening stuff you just couldn't get because everyone were putting gardens in. Uh, you know, sourdough starters were trending for a really long time. I still don't have one, but I actually do think that would be pretty cool because I love bread um, and I like the idea of this elusive sourdough starter. Anyways, but going back to all of this, these old ways, these antithesis to the now, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it, go, 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 instant. And for me, this comes full circle. This is a reason that I'm drawn to night photography. You know, is there a potential that the slowness of photography at night is counteractive to the fast and quick pace of the day. For me, that's a big part of it. I am a recovering busyaholic, and being out at night is not busy. It is the opposite of that, and it is intentional about doing it. So I want to leave you with this question, and this comes back to the start of the episode where I said, you know, I remember that post and it was like, do a time lapse and then do star trails and then take the individual ones. And then you can take multiples of those individuals and you can process them as your own. And then you have multiple images from the one thing. That's that instant gratification, isn't it? So what if we flip that? And what would it mean if you were to only create one image the whole night that you're out? What does that mean about your image making? What does it mean about you? What meaning are you attaching to the manner with which you're creating, to the gear that you're using, to the final output of the image that you create? I don't have the answers for you here. I just have questions. And these are questions you need to ask yourself and think about. For me, yeah, it comes back to that badge of being busy. And this, I told you at the start of the episode, we we're going to circle back around to this. I want you to think about what was the thing at the start of the episode that you identified with. So when I said to you, if you didn't do it, you didn't think about it, you can pause me now and do it because we're gonna we're coming back around, okay? So what's that thing that you always answer with? Is it busy? Is it tired? Is it overwhelmed? What is it? For me, busy. What did answering busy? get me? What does answering whatever you fill in the blank get you? Because it does get you something. For me, I can actually answer that quite easily now. Being busy meant I was in action. Now, yes, this ties in with the theme of today's episode because we're trained to, to be doing and to do all the time and all of the things. Uh, and being busy meant that I was doing that. It meant that I was in action. But being busy also meant that I was doing things. And when I'm 
doing things, that meant that I was constantly taking action towards being able to survive and thrive. And coming from a background where our childhood was very difficult, and there were times when we didn't have food to eat, or we didn't have power or heat, um, I just actually our furnace broke last week and it's interesting because i was talking with a a very close friend he's almost like a brother and he said he's like oh well you know you're used to what you need to do when you don't have power when you don't have heat and it was funny because i went immediately back to like i am i remember this like i know exactly what it's like to be like well we don't have enough money for heat in the middle of the winter and how does that come back to this busy well, what did I do when I got out of high school and I went into university? I worked two jobs. I worked four to five days a week. I had a full-time schedule at university. I went go, 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 busy, 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 because I was able now to control what I was doing. I was able to consistently be busy, and being busy meant that I wouldn't fall back and perpetuate a cycle of not being able to have enough. It meant that I would be able to help my family, that I would be able to help me, my future family, so on and so forth. This is perpetuated through my life. And it's only after having kids that I started realizing this. It's not gonna be the same for you. We don't have the same upbringings, the same backgrounds. Some people here listening, it might, you might be like, oh yeah, that's me. Other people, it won't be, it'll be completely different. But this is where you have to start to ask the question what is the thing that I am constantly saying that I am? What does doing it get me? And it will be something that is is deeper down and probably prevalent throughout your life. We're not going to get, we're not in a therapy session here. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. But what you will probably notice is that this that is constantly coming up here in your life, affecting the ways in which you create or don't create or wherever it is, what season of life that you're in now, you will probably find that a way that you get away from it is turning to some form of instant gratification, whether that is scrolling on your phone or binging shows on TV, wherever it is. But I don't want you to come out of this thinking that I'm like, you shouldn't be doing any of that. I'm judging you right now. No, because sometimes we just need it. We just need a little bit of instant gratification. My daughter was just having a complete meltdown at the supper table. And so I just picked her up and I brought her over to the couch and we sat down and I went on my phone and I went on my reels and we scrolled and we watched dogs on reels one after another. There are some really cute, um, also uh, dolphins, seals, and cows. This is what comes up in my reels anyways, obviously, it's why I pay attention to. But we just, we spent five minutes just scrolling through them and just laughing. You know what? Sometimes we need that. It's not a terrible thing. Maybe you want to go and watch all of True Blood. Go and rewatch it. Maybe not all at once. So I was just, my friend the other day, she's like, do you remember there's seven seasons of that? I was like, no, that's a lot. But the key here is awareness. Be conscious that you're doing it. Understand and do it consciously so that we are not letting our brain run on autopilot. And here's the other bit. Don't give yourself a hard time. Yeah, I've just spent, you know, over an hour here um, 
talking about the ways in which instant gratification can negatively impact our life and maybe other ways that we can be slower and more conscious and more um, specific about doing things. But sometimes we're going to fall back into these bits. Don't give yourself a hard time. Give yourself grace, especially if you're listening to this shortly after it's been put out, because we're in the holiday season. During this holiday season, give yourself some grace. Maybe there's a whole night where you could have been doing stuff, but instead you just looked at funny videos on your phone for a couple hours. You know what? Sometimes we need that. So this is my probably my biggest takeaway from today is be aware of where your attention is, where is game pulled to, what you want, and then dig into that why of it. Be conscious of it, be aware of it. And then also just don't give yourself a hard time. If you can, take some time to do the things that you know will be useful for you. The things that will bring you that happiness, even if they might take a little bit longer, even if they're not instant. Remember what they are. Bring that feeling in so that when your brain is trying to pull you out of it, you can bring yourself back to it. Because the more that we practice this awareness, and it is a practice, the more we will have in our life. And I mean, that's, I don't know, that's the greatest gift of all, isn't it? That's my Christmas gift to you. (laughs) No, my Christmas gift, if you're listening to this now, is I have a giveaway on my print sale, by the way. So if you go over to my social media, oh my gosh, am I ending the episode on like the evils of social media and telling you, I'm telling you to go to my social media now. Uh, If you do go to my social media, uh, Christine Rose Photography on Instagram or uh, Facebook, wherever you get your uh, instant gratification dopamine hits, you will find Christine Rose Photography. Uh, I do have a, a giveaway though. I do a giveaway of my prints. I have four prints and I do a giveaway of them each year. That is kind of like my little Christmas gift to people. And that is running until uh, Thursday, which what's Thursday, December 1st? Yeah, Thursday, December 1st um, at midnight is when it closes. So anyways, you can get that. You know what? I will not make you go to my social media. If you're on my podcast page, I will put a link in the description in the podcast page as well. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for being here with me. I know um, it's been a little bit and I'm happy to be back behind the mic, as it were. And I look forward to catching you back here on the After Dark Photography Podcast next week for my next episode.